Section seven of Notes of an East Coast Naturalist by Arthur Henry Patterson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Bird Notes, Part seven. Flights of Wood Pigeons. A marked increase in the numbers of the wood pigeon, Columba Palumbus, has taken place in Norfolk attributable stevenson says in a great degree to the extension of our fir plantations added to their immunity at the present time from the attacks of their natural enemies crows magpies and hawks now almost exterminated as residents amongst us through the strict preservation of game numbers build in the neighbouring country the coo of the ring-dove is perhaps the most familiar sound to be heard in the wooded surroundings of the broadlands and the noisy flip-flap of its wings is frequently heard as one moves along by the country roadside at all periods of the year even when the close season has made the market bare of wildfowl wood-pigeons are common objects of the countrymen's stall there can be no doubt that our home-bred birds roam widely in search of food whilst arrivals from the north of europe add largely to their numbers in the fall of the year two enormous flocks of this species passed over yarmouth on the twenty second and twenty third of december eighteen ninety three there were thousands i considered at the time that they were fleeing from severe weather in their native haunts and made a note of it suggesting that it would most likely follow in their wake as a matter of fact in a very short time heavy winds and snowstorms visited us the birds settled in the vicinity and the saturday's market was glutted with them thousands again arrived on the twelfth of december eighteen ninety eight and passing straight on over the town made inland i visited the saturday's market expecting to find our rural sportsmen had been busy but none were on sale so that they must have gone being probably unwearied a considerable distance inland unexpected pleasure the ornithologist has his delights and one of them is to break in as it were upon a scene that delights his eyes such as for instance when i myself paddling upstream on the fifteenth of may eighteen ninety three on the top of the flood tide saw upon the lumps still uncovered by water a congregation of no less than eighteen black terns more than fifty turnstones several common and arctic terns a number of dunlins grey plovers wimbrel and godwits and not least worthy of a glance three spoonbills these birds had gathered during the night on the flats to feed breaking their journey northwards and as the tide gradually drove them from the lower portions 
they made for the highest remaining muds to take a rest before still pursuing their flight or to wait for the falling water to again lay bare their feeding grounds on the evening of the eighth of may eighteen ninety five i put out again for a cruise among the mud-flats when i came across quite a menagerie of birds there were some thirty-four black terns fourteen turnstones one spoonbill two days before twelve had departed from Braden, and seventy-seven godwits bar-tailed altogether on the lumps besides a fair sprinkling of grey plovers and wimbrel and a considerable number of black-headed gulls on being disturbed the terns rose up screaming and mounting high in the air made away in a northeast direction on the next evening i counted one hundred godwits in one flock when taking a stroll along Braden walls on the fifteenth of august eighteen ninety eight i observed a flat crowded with birds it was a very warm still evening lying hidden in the tall grass that covered the walls i watched them with interest for some time through my glasses and with a little patience made an estimate of their number there were as follow twenty-four herons over two hundred curlews and nearly two thousand gulls mostly asleep eight common sandpipers one green sandpiper and one green shank after a spell of wind in october nineteen hundred a number of gulls trooped into Braden for a much-needed rest when sailing by the flats i passed several hundreds mostly greater saddlebacks and herring gulls who shall not say the unexpected sight of a flock of spoonbills from six even up to a dozen flying by in single file or feeding in regular order is anything but a pleasurable one on the fourteenth of january eighteen ninety nine i took a ramble in the same vicinity observing an unusually light-coloured gull preening its feathers and apparently listlessly pottering about on the mud close under the stone wall i crept along until within distance of it and cautiously looked over it goes without saying that the sight of an iceland gull making itself quite at home on the mud-flats was as pleasant as it was unusual within two hours after a local wildfowler had seen and slain it whether his pleasure in knocking it over exceeded mine in watching the bird enjoying life and liberty is open to question when sailing across Braden on the fifth of april nineteen hundred i passed three grandly plumaged herons fast asleep at the entrance of a drain the flats everywhere were dotted with dunlins i saw a number of knots and curlew sandpipers gulls and curlews were napping together 
and three swans were feeding at the edge of a run a peregrine falcon stooped at half a dozen ducks but did not strike being baffled by a flock of noisy gulls who mobbed him when shooting on the marshes in the neighbourhood of Ludham on the 11th of November 1903, a friend of mine came unexpectedly upon a flock of half a score short-eared owls, which scattered at his approach. For the moment he did not identify the species, so brought down a couple, another gun doing the same. He was vexed directly after, to recognise them as these most useful birds. They had probably but recently arrived from Scandinavia. On examining the ground, he discovered a number of ejected pellets of remains of field mice. The flooding of the marshes had been disastrous to many field mice that had been driven to such small patches of raised turf as remained above the swamp here they were falling an easy prey to the rapacious birds my friend repeated that the way they shot up and in broad daylight simply surprised him i saw three of the slain finding them a male and two females hard weather and wild birds there is always an interest attached to the perusal of a diary recording the doings and happenings of years gone by, more especially if it is penned by one's own hand. This thought occurred to me in perusing my notebook for 1894. The following terse notes chronicle my observations of the first few days of that year weather and birds january the first came in rough and cold to-day the second snowing and blowing wind east to northeast shelled ducks numerous in roadstead dunlins in units along beach in morning field fares plentiful around town to-day shot several for eating purposes considered fine for dumplings lapwings hard up shot a full snipe at dusk only three yards off with my old converted muzzle rifle force of wind and flight made it fall at my feet two nights a regular ruffian january the fourth weather thickening and growing colder frost intense broads freezing over wildfowl becoming numerous in roads dunlins on beach snipe going southward january the fifth saw more ducks to-day than ever before in one day in my life hundreds upon hundreds gulls leading northwards ducks working southwards some mergansers many scalps widgeon even crested grebes plentiful and all manner of birds hundreds of stints or dunlins going south january the seventh braden salt-water estuary frozen over 
hooded crows sharp set prowling around capturing wounded shorebirds coots flocking to salt water a coot was shot on north river but falling into a wake in the ice was not retrieved some hooded crows hauled it out on the ice and tore it to pieces small patches of blood and odd feathers on the braid and ice pointed to avine tragedies of shorebirds dead wounded or harried down victims that had been devoured by crows sanderlings on foreshore numbers of dab chicks wherever open water several shot coots croaking at night on braden in severe rime frost later on in the month a break in the weather occurred and the birds scattered returning to their old haunts a friend of mine recently deceased was an ardent amateur punt gunner the severest weather found him on Braden looking for a fowl or two. A favourite reminiscence of his was of a poor little kingfisher, hard up for a dinner, that came and alighted on the end of his punt gun, and from it, as a perch, fished for nearly a couple of hours in the open water of the drain in which he lay moored. Through the intensity of the frost, the metal was so cold that he hesitated to lay his fingers upon it this same friend just before his fatal illness even when in failing health made spasmodic visits to his favourite braden one evening in november nineteen o one i found a leaf from a notebook slipped through my letter-box i give it as written to show how fascinating even to a dying man remains the love of natural observation mr patterson dear sir sixteenth of november seen leading braden about eleven thirty a m first three swans and then thirty-four or thirty-five and another lot of twenty-four also one goose the latter was killed hundreds of golden plover and lapwings all leading northwest yours truly h b my own entries for that day are as follow swans and geese went for a jolly afternoon on braden wind nor nor east fine but huge red clouds like mountains made the sky wild saw three swans i fancy they were hoopers their note was a bad imitation of a curlew's also saw forty-five geese probably bean geese in one flock flying above and around a few lapwings one goosander the common sandpiper no bird makes itself more conspicuous upon our norfolk waterways in the finer portion of the year than this shrill-voiced noisy restless little wader in spring and autumn small parties sometimes of as many as eight individuals may be seen busily 
and with restless activity picking up the small crustaceans young ditch prawns palaman varians that have passed into the river through the sluices that drain the marshes and opossum shrimps that scur and frolic at the margin of the stream as soon as a yacht or wherry comes within the limit they consider safe for them up they get with ear-piercing pipings and hurry on ahead to settle and feed until again disturbed for a mile or two will they hurry along in this way scarce ever thinking to double back and so remain at peace i had long suspected this bird of nesting in the neighbourhood of the broads having noticed it with us all summer through a strict watch had been kept until at length a nest was discovered under a bush at hickling on the twenty fifth of may eighteen ninety seven braden walls are a favourite resort of this species in the autumn some woodcock notes of late years there has been a decided falling off in the numbers of woodcocks visiting us every gunner in my younger time had an ambition to boast of at least one woodcock slain and he who exceeded that number was not slow to draw out a certain feather one of the underwing coverts and stick it in the band of his hat in some instances quite a row of these badges of prowess adorned the headgear of certain vain sportsmen the habits of the woodcock although a secretive sort of a fellow are too well known to need any comment thereon but i have from time to time kept a record of its to me earliest known arrival in the autumn and sundry incidents that have made its appearance somewhat remarkable eighteen eighty one the first notified this year was on the ninth of september a small dark variety which i thought probably a british bred example on the twentieth of october one cut itself almost in halves by striking a telegraph wire in the night eighteen eighty three on the sixth of october i have a note referring to one obtained a fortnight before that date eighteen eighty nine on the sixth of october of this year i have the following entry it looked rather odd to see a woodcock just arrived hanging upon a poulterer's stall with some widgeon while swallows were still on the wing overhead eighteen ninety several seen and some shot on the twentieth of october the previous night's arrivals there had been a gale on the eighteenth no less than eighteen hanging on a stall on the twenty-first on the same date a fagged-out individual alighted on the rail of the pier and attempted to rest a while another dropped on the sands a week after in a note for the twenty-ninth i have a record of several having been picked up exhausted mostly on the sand-hills eighteen ninety one 
another example picked up in a railway cutting with breastbone cut in two eighteen ninety two first one noted eleventh of october a note for the eighth records flocks of house martins flying continuously in a southerly direction eighteen ninety three one seen on the eighth of october and one killed on the eighteenth had a bill measuring only two and a half inches in length eighteen ninety four first woodcock killed on the third of october one killed by a stone on the fifteenth eighteen ninety five first seen fifteenth of october the greatest number of woodcocks i have ever heard of as being locally killed by one man after a heavy immigration is nine all obtained in one day on the marrams by a gunner named davy birch this was early in the fifties other appearances are as follow eighteen ninety six thirteenth of october eighteen ninety seven fifth of october eighteen ninety eight twenty first of october when a completely decapitated example was found lying beneath a telegraph wire nineteen o three the twenty fourth of october following their food many instances have been given of the wonderful way in which birds find out where food is in plenty whether they can communicate facts and ideas or whether they trust to instinctive senses i will not venture to suggest i simply state facts i have noticed year by year how in the early mornings troops of sparrows in summer betake themselves to the sands to glean up crumbs and other edibles left the day before by the visitors in the autumn too they repair to the deans in search of various spiders and coleoptera that are peculiar to such situations patrolling the ground in regular business-like fashion when grey mullets were plentiful in Braden in spring in the first half of the last century cormorants were commonly seen on the hunt for them every post used to hold one said an old Bradener to me on one occasion a farmer at caister in december eighteen ninety five spread his fields with herring refuse the gulls black-headed gulls in particular scented it out and out of a ton or two of it spread over the soil devoured probably a fourth of it before he had time to plough it in in the summer almost as soon as a ditch has been fayed out and the black mud has been thrown on either side the green sandpiper totanus ocropus puts in an appearance and begins a search for worms and larvae upon it i observed three of this locally lessening species at morby on the nineteenth of august eighteen ninety five on the second of february eighteen ninety five 
the land birds had an exceedingly hard time the starlings were so tamed by hunger that they grubbed among the snow under the very eyes of the boys some bunches of them in the town prowled around and among the feet of the horses the thrush family whose various members had been careless and wasteful over the hawthorn berries which at that time were familiar objects at the north end gardens and had strewn more than they ate on the ground and in the ditches below were disconsolately searching for such as still remained while they attacked the wreaths on the cemetery graves in order to satisfy their hunger with the berries they found upon them a wretched thrush grumpily hopping along under a bank was seized by a hungry rat pulled screaming into its burrow and without a shadow of a doubt was speedily devoured two young herons very tame and not yet strong on the wing had fallen in with a pool full of sticklebacks on the twenty ninth of july eighteen ninety five here they were snapping them up to their heart's content a large dragonfly on a fine sunny day in may eighteen ninety seven came gaily winging its way along the bridge road a sparrow from a roof gutter saw it and gave chase i never saw such doubling and cross-flying by chase and quarry for some minutes the chase lasted the insect dodging the bird so deftly that one could almost imagine it enjoyed being pursued eventually both turned the corner of a building and i lost sight of them there was after continuous heavy rains a great deal of water on the marshes in december nineteen o one a great many drowned worms laid at the margin and in the shallows golden plovers and lapwings became very numerous in the neighbourhood drawn there by the plentiful supply of food i am convinced that if individuals are incapable of conveying news information in fact to their relatives there must be many flights of birds passing and repassing in the dark hours and that they are gifted with some instinct unknown to us that directs their flight to places where food is in plenty whether seen to come or not they do come as i have in more than one instance pointed out a sacred writer long ago declared that where the carcass is thither will the eagles be gathered together at the period above referred to i noted the dropping in of field fares to share at the waterside the plentiful feast so unexpectedly provided they mixed freely with the waders strange companionships one of my earliest recollections is of a queer case of companionship between a lapwing and a brahma hen the peewit had been wing-tipped and turned into a large garden where in a very short time it became quite master of the situation and was a source of annoyance to the old cock 
who could not get a peck in anyhow while the pert bird dodged between his legs and around him as if for the very fun of it the hen was quite a passive sort of pal to the lapwing who preferred its society whether welcome or not and usually spent its odd times when not engaged in examining all the likely places for worms and vermin in preening its feathers beside her i had at one time a tame spoonbill that consorted with a quartet of large gulls in a netted area some quarter mile in circumference although at meal times the gulls more often than not devoured the sliced horse beef thrown to them while the stupid wader was endeavouring to swallow a piece much too big for the capacity of its small gullet the spoonbills that visit Braden so frequently in spring and early summer invariably spend much of their sleeping time in the midst of a flock of gulls and also show a decided preference for feeding in their society a lady of my acquaintance was sitting on the beach one afternoon in september eighteen ninety eight with a bunch of grapes on her lap which she was eating a sparrow most audaciously flew upon her knee and seized a grape with all the temerity of an old acquaintance it goes without saying it was not denied one during my august holidays in nineteen o three i spent most of my time in my houseboat moored in a drain in the centre of Braden. during the whole of that period whenever the water fell or had not on the flood tide reached the surface of the flats a second-year black-headed gull persisted in keeping company with me pieces thrown out from the table were gladly appropriated and added variety to the marine titbits gleaned up on the flat nor did it choose to take fright at any demonstration i might make i never before met with an instance where a gull forced its company upon man's society although when moored on Hayam sounds in eighteen ninety five a wild duck hung around for the sake of what i chose to throw out at the corner of the north drain on Braden, a turnstone was busily engaged on the twenty first of august nineteen hundred turning over refuse and tangled bits of zostera marina in search of sandhoppers a small lot of dunlins and ringed plovers also intent on a breakfast were profiting by its labours and snapped up some of the crustaceans that managed to escape the larger hunter but they became so persistent in dodging around him even to snapping up such as he wished for himself that at length out of sheer annoyance finding his runs and pecks at them of no avail he betook himself off to another location whither he evidently hoped they would not follow him there are some odd gatherings of birds on Braden now and again a common habitat throws together most diverse species at times 
but it was from selfish motives that in july nineteen o one an assemblage of rooks and gulls came about a grey gull had found a bit of stale salt beef probably thrown out from a ship he was industriously pinching off snips and dragging and shaking it about now backwards now sideways around him had gathered thirteen rooks all eager to snap up the fragments that might be shaken out of the quick reach of the seabird who was not anxious to leave his joint for fear of losing it the affair wound up eventually by three other gulls coming on the scene to dispute possession when the sable hangers-on decamped wisely leaving the gulls to settle matters and divide the spoil between them at the time of writing nineteen o three a neighbour of mine who has a great liking for pet-keeping has a big brown retriever with the fugitive idea that somehow he may establish a sort of amateur rookery two or three rooks have been turned into the garden each with one wing cut one bird was brought up from the nest and a noisy downy-headed little fellow he was he followed his master like a lapdog and spent most of his hours at first hanging and begging round the kitchen door as he grew older and bolder he betook himself to the dog's kennel glad to pick up the scraps that fell from carlo's bones so familiar did he become that he insisted upon sleeping in the kennel with the dog and to sit at times perched on the canine's back cogitating a second rook was added and this too profiting by the experiences of his predecessor very soon joined the kennel club a third rook a tired-out migrant from scandinavia was put with the others in october it remains to be seen whether he will become as sociable and contented End of section seven